0: You're listening to The Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I'm your host, Arden Kartret. This space is meant to be a tool for you to feel less alone and to learn more about how to get through what you've been through and what you're probably going through. We'll hear diverse stories from women and men in the online space, experts, and people just like you and me who are feeling the effects of miscarriage and loss in real time. This is The Miscarriage Doula Podcast. Lydia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'd love to just give you the space to share your story.
1: Thank you. Um, So, I guess I'll start where everybody starts. Um, I've listened to this podcast. As soon as a new episode comes out, um, I'm listening. So, um, Cody and I met. He's not my husband, but he's my um, life partner, I guess. Um, We met in summer of about 2012 um, became friends and and started dating after that Um, still not married but again it's it's almost about 10 years now that we've been together Um, I am a registered veterinary technician um, just to give you a bit of my background um, as what I do for work so
0: um,
1: I'm going to start with um, I have I we weren't trying um, but I've started to have you know really painful periods um, you know for years so we were getting to the age I you know would have been early 30s 31 um, and you know kids were something that we did want um, not necessarily right away but we're you know wondering what our chances were um, going to look like um, you know in the next few years so started to have some testing done, you know, the routine fertility testing, um, in June, July of 2020. Um, so I had the HSG test done, um, you know, lots of blood work. Cody had sperm analysis done. Um, so just kind of had all the ducks in a row, um, to see, you know, how things were looking as a woman in their thirties, trying to, uh, start a family. So um, in July of 2020, um, I did get the diagnosis that I do have, um, or suspected anyway, endometriosis. Um, I guess the only real way to diagnose that is, um, you know, via, you know, surgery. So um, suspected endometriosis and cysts on um, both sides of my ovaries. So, the news that we received was pretty heavy, um, you know, in, you know, around July of 2020. Um, you know, we received that, you know, it might not be easy um, journey for us to get pregnant, um, you know, but we were willing and ready um, to, you know, kind of start now if if it was, you know, something that we wanted in the in the near future. So um, a gynecologist suggested, um, you know, starting to track your, um, you know, ovulation cycle, um, with OPKs. So immediately ordered, you know, a kit off of Amazon. This was heading into a weekend that we found out this news, um, that I did have endo. Um, and so it was like, okay, yep. Going to order this, you know, kit off Amazon. It'll be here on Monday. Perfect. Let's get this ball rolling. So, had a great weekend together. Um, I was off that Monday. Um, so I'm lying in my bed and I hear the, you know, Amazon truck here, um, pull into the driveway and I'm, you know, lying in bed with my dogs and my cats. And, um, you know, I got up, went to the door, got the, you know, test kit. This I was expected to have my period, um, arrive in, you know, a few days so I um, you know, was like, you know what, let's just take a pregnancy test. There's, it's, a, it's a kit that had um, your OPKs and a few um, pregnancy tests in it as well. So I was like, you know what, I've never in my life had a pregnancy scare or needed to take a pregnancy test. So you know what, at 31 years old, I'm going to take a pregnancy test. So didn't think anything of it, peed on it, um, you know, waiting the five minutes or so, one line of years and then I'm looking at it and another line's appearing and I'm like, what?" <laughs> so a faint line, a second line showing you know after the you look through the legend, a positive um, pregnancy test from Amazon was you know telling me you know before I missed period that I was pregnant and we were pregnant. So I immediately in shock I think texted Cody a picture of you know this test and was like um all in shock this is not how I planned on telling him I was pregnant but literally texted him a picture and was like hey we're pregnant like we just received awful news that I have endo and this is not going to be easy and psych we had a nice weekend. And, you know, that was all those tears and heartache was for nothing. I'm pregnant. That was easy. So um, anyway, he was like, you know, it was a test, a test kit from Amazon. You should really go and um, buy yourself, you know, more reputable test from the drugstore. So sure enough, I was meeting my mother. That day to run errands. Cody and I had planned on having a commitment ceremony um, that September. Um, so, not a traditional wedding, but um, just a day where it was celebrating the two of us and our love for each other um, in front of family and friends, of course, being in the midst of a pandemic. Um, it was all sort of an outdoor gathering, but what have you. So, me and my mother were going to run errands that day um, just to kind of do some party prep. So, went to walmart um classic you know rush in there before you know you meet your mother because you know again you don't want to tell anybody because you're literally probably weeks pregnant brand new at this point went to the um you know uh section <laughs> bought the pregnancy tests went to the bathroom at walmart <laughs> peed <laughs> at walmart um you know had the you know, wrappers for the pregnancy test in the garbage. Sure enough, you know, the digital um, pregnancy test comes back um, pregnant. And so again, I texted that to Cody and I said, like, this is it. It's two positives. We're pregnant. Um, so anyway, my pregnancy was, was great. Um, We were elated that we, you know, it was that easy for us to, to, you know, when we were told that it wasn't going to be that easy. So we, um, you know, had a really easy pregnancy, um, minor hiccup at around eight weeks. I, um, I had a um, bit of spotting. Um, I, that eight weeks was my first ultrasound because I had already been with a specialist. So um, when I found out I was pregnant, um, called their office right away and they got me in um, for an early ultrasound because generally here um, in Canada, I think uh, women's first ultrasound isn't really until um, either end of first trimester or beginning of second. So I was lucky to see baby um, at around eight weeks, um, but I did have some spotting um, around that eight week mark. Um, went to emerge and um, you know, received an ultrasound, um, and everything was fine. Yes, there was what they thought was a subchronic hemorrhage, um, but everything was fine. Baby was fine. Things looked good. Things had sealed up, so it was, you know, no worse for wear. So, um, of course, being COVID, um, Cody couldn't be at any of the um, ultrasound appointments or, you know, gynecology, Doppler appointments, anything. So, here um, we have private clinics that you can schedule 3d ultrasounds um, to, you know, see baby and and they, you know, your spouse was allowed um, to be there for those. So um, I decided to book one of those for when I would be around 20 weeks. um, So Cody could at least have or share in this experience um, with me. So um, I booked that um, things were sailing along great I felt great um, I was the you know picture perfect glowing pregnant um, mom I had no morning sickness no food aversions I felt great ate what I want um, as a registered tech I have a very um, you know hands-on um, physical job um, so of course I I you know, dialed a few things back, um, you know, anesthesia, x-rays, um, that sort of thing. But again, I felt so great and I just, I just did it. I, I did my job and, um, I work with a great group of, uh, of girls that were so supportive and were just, you know, like, you know, will only allow you to do what you want to do. Um, so as a tech, um, and as a diagnostic tool at my clinic, um, we do have access to an ultrasound. So anytime we would use it on, um, a patient, whether it be a cat or a dog, you know, as I started to, you know, grow, um, and baby started to grow, we would always, you know, stick it on and, you know, have a look at baby today, you know, what's, what's baby doing now? You know, how much bigger is baby? So I was probably ultrasounding myself way more than the average person should have been, Um, Just because I had it so readily um, accessible to me at work. Um, And whenever we would use it with a patient, again, we would just, we were all just, you know, so excited and we just stick it on. And they knew so early on in my pregnancy because of the nature of my job and safety of my job with um, radiology exposure and, um, you know, um, anesthetic gas, that sort of thing. Um, I have to be really careful. Um, So they found out pretty much as soon as I knew. So they were kind of along for the ride. So at around 17 weeks, I had a gynecologist appointment um, that, um, you know, we were going to listen to baby and it wasn't my regular gynecologist. It was um, a fill in, I guess, uh, that he was not available. So um, I saw her and she was, she was lovely Um, We tried to hear baby's heartbeat, but it was just, she just kept laughing at saying how active this baby was and, and just zooming all around in there at, you know, 17 weeks. They have, I guess they have a lot of room in you, um, room to grow. So they kind of can zoom around and be really active. Um, Cody's a carpenter. So in my head, he never stops. So I figured if I'm carrying his child, this kid's going to be just as, you know, busy um as as he so you know I didn't think anything of it thought it was great laughing and and she you know really reassured me that oh you're 17 weeks you're in the um second trimester um you know you're you're kind of sitting pretty right now so you can kind of sit back and relax any sort of you know issues you were having in in your first trimester are all behind you just, just kind of sit back and enjoy the ride so The night would have been November 6th of 2020, um, that night. So I would have been, um, about 19 weeks, four days by this point. Um, I had some brown spotting and after going to the bathroom and it was very light, um, and brown and in my head, you know, brown discharge is, is old discharge, so, you know, I, I had purchased a, an at-home Doppler and, you know, decided to, to use that and try, you know, to hear, you know, something, baby's heartbeat. I could just, all I could hear is that whoosh of the, um, I guess it was the blood flowing through the placenta um, to see, you know, make sure baby was okay you know, and this would have been like 10, 11 o'clock at night going to bed. So I was like, you know what, just go to bed. You're heading to work in the morning. Um, why don't you just pop the ultrasound on at work um, when you get in and just, you know, make sure everything's okay. So I went to work um, that morning. I, I think I was the first one in there or either I opened or what, but I immediately didn't even, you know, take my shoes off. I just went right to the ultrasound machine, turned it on. Um, cause I would scan myself. I wouldn't even get somebody else to scan me. So I was, I was using myself and at, you know, almost 20 weeks, like it was very easy to see, um, development and where baby was and everything. Um, so, um, I could see my baby, you know, I, you know, could see head, I could see spine, I could see ribs. Um, and you know, I was like, nope, there's my baby. Like, you know, not moving right now, but Okay there's my baby. So my boss and veterinarian, I guess, um, came in and I just said, you know what, like, can I just lie down and you just throw this probe on me and just like reassure me that everything's okay. Cause I did have some spotting, um, the night before and she put that on me and God love her. Um, she, you know, I could tell by her face that something was wrong. Like I know my boss. I've worked with her for a number of years, and I could just tell by her face that something was wrong. (laughs) Sorry. So she suggested to me that I go to the hospital, which was just down the road, and get checked out. And I saw on her face that, you know, everything was like something was wrong and not everything's okay. And I could see the other girls' faces, and they just looked at me and were like, Lid. you have to go. And I was like, guys, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And so I basically skipped to the hospital. You know, this would have been my second time going after experiencing the um, subcurionic hemorrhage um, at eight weeks. So I. I texted Cody and was like, don't panic. Like I'm going to the hospital, you know, I think everything's fine. I think this is a, an overkill, you know, for me to go and, you know, get checked out right now. But, um, I think I just need to go. And, you know, he was like, well, like literally the text was, well, you can, you know, at least get a few hours off work. And I laughed and was like, yeah, you know, like (laughs) it's a bit of a break jokes on me I guess so um I, I basically skipped into the ER and and anybody who knows me I'm a really really outgoing person um I'm a 100% an extrovert and so I you know go to the triage nurse and was basically you know first pregnancy like this is my second time here second trimester you know like just here to get checked out I you know had a bit of spotting you know night before and and just you know call me crazy but you know new mom coming through kind of thing and and you know so the nurse you know took all my vitals and everything and again being COVID um you have to be by yourself so you know get checked through um immediately end up you know an emerge um where I meet um my ER doctor and in wheels in this like like my works ultrasound for you know animals was um of higher quality so enrolls this um you know looks like an ancient um ultrasound machine and the ER doctor um said to me you know I don't do these very often um you know as she's scanning me and and I can see you know I can see baby the baby's still in that same position, um, that I saw, um, while I was at work. And, um, she said, you know, I, I, this is a bad machine. I don't do these very often. I don't really know what I'm looking at. I want to send you to the ultrasound department. Um, and then after she said that, she said, um, but is there someone you can call? And when she said that, I knew it was bad. Like it's covid, it's a pandemic and you can't go in that hospital with your significant other unless it's bad. So as soon as they said that to me, I knew it was bad. So I called Cody and said you need to get down here. Like I think this is this is going to end up bad for us. And anyway he he came down, he's a carpenter, he works for himself, he's got his own business, and he was like dropped everything, I was like I'll be right there. so I said, the security guards will let you in because you know you're not supposed to be here and um you know I just I need you to get here, I need you to get here now, so he came um. Before I was wheeled to what they're waiting to get me into um, the ultrasound department upstairs, um, at our hospital, um, to be, you know, professionally scanned by an ultrasound tech and to, you know, confirm what we already kind of suspected. Um, so I was put in a wheelchair, which like, of course I can walk. And I was wheeled, you know, with Cody behind me to, um, the ultrasound department and I just remember like lying down getting that ultrasound <sighs> just I'm not overly religious but um I was just like if there's a god if there's somebody that can help me please help me and my baby like please help us And I just looked at the fluorescent lights and just prayed. And I've never done that before. But I had to do something. Just something had to happen other than what we were knowing was probably happening or had happened. So, you know, of course, the ultrasound tech can't say anything. So it was the quietest scan. And, um, Then I was wheeled back um, to emerge, where um, the ER doctor um, came back in and said the words that everybody hates. You know, I'm sorry. There's no longer a heartbeat, and I, I just replied like me being me, like a people pleaser, a you know, 100% extroverts need people to recharge. I said, it's okay. Like, it's okay. You know, like, thanks. It's okay. You know, completely in shock. And the doctor replied to me, and this is like, what sticks so bad? She said, "Uh, no, Lydia, like, it's not okay. And, and that killed me, like, to know it's, it's not okay and you're going through this and it's just it's not okay it just broke me but you know sitting there you know taking this all in Cody's you know just as broken as I am something we wanted so bad it just was gone And gone after, you know, almost halfway. So, going, you know, forward to residents, or I guess it was a resident and, you know, the lead obstetrician that was on for that day. It was, you know, we have to admit you. um, And in my head, I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, I'm not strong enough to do this and like i can't deliver this baby i remember saying that to cody i can't do this he was like yes you can you have to do this we have to do this and you know the um resident who you know was i don't even know if I, i was his first miscarriage or not i have no idea must have just you know been you know he was so empathetic towards us but you know I could only imagine you know how, how he was feeling um I was told that they would be inducing labor um with the um vaginally um I guess is a safer way to do it um and that we would be admitted and that we would be there until um you know, we had delivered our baby. So we then, you know, once, you know, IVs and things were placed in ER, we wheeled up to, um, labor and delivery. And I am a horror movie junkie. (laughs) I love American Horror Story. And as I was being wheeled up, um, through labor and delivery and, seeing all the posters of, you know, skin to skin and breastfeeding and seeing new moms with their babies. And I was being wheeled through there, you know, in my worst nightmare. It was like an episode of American Horror Story. Like, it was so surreal and so dark. And... I couldn't believe that's where we were going and where they were putting us to. You know, people were enduring like the most happy days. In my mind, the happiest day of your life. And we were enduring the worst. And it was so hard. It was like Cody, I think at one point was like, can we, can you not put us in a janitor's closet? Or something would be better than where we are um thank god we had a private room um there's sometimes i guess if not available um, somebody could be miscarrying with you know a woman with her healthy um baby and you be there with nothing so it, that was really hard um um you know, it was wheeling through the door. I just remember looking at the door and they put pictures of, um, forget me not flowers on the door. Um, so that nurses or doctors or people, other hospital staff know that, you know, this room's not a happy room. This room's, you know, a very sad room. Um, and i just it was bad i got dark i got i got into a dark place i you know i went through like i think every emotion um in the span of if it, it felt like minutes but it must have been hours you know um but you know a nurse would come in and even before i was given my first dose of misoprostol she you know asked Cody and I like have you thought about funeral arrangements and I remember looking at Cody and I was like what like are you kidding me right now like funeral arrangements like are we supposed to be planning a funeral like it just like was way overwhelming it was a you're trying to process you know at Twenty weeks, basically nineteen weeks, five days um, that you're um, you've lost your baby, and you're two days shy of um, delivering a stillbirth. You know, um, that's what I was told. I said they told us anything you know before twenty weeks is considered a miscarriage, and anything after twenty weeks is a stillbirth, and um, you know these were things that we had to, um, think about and we weren't ready to think about them. And so, um, sure enough, you know, um, every, I think four hours it was, um, my resident doctor, um, I don't even know what his last name was, but his name was Doug, (laughs) And I think by the end of it, you know, he looked, he was younger than Cody and I, Um, he must've just been, you know, basically fresh out. Um, He, you know, came and um, gave me my mesoprostol uh, vaginally every four hours. And it took a long time. My first dose was at, um, I want to say 2 p.m., and it was about a full, um, 12 hours later of every four hours, um, he would come in and insert one or two tablets vaginally, um, to induce labor and, um, things really didn't start, um, rolling. I, I started to bleed a little heavier and started to get crampy, but anybody who's a, an endo warrior, as I call them, um, has a pretty high pain tolerance. You're some badass, um, girls out there. Like we have a killer pain tolerance and, uh, I kept being asked like, um, by the sweetest nurses, like, thank God I had sweet nurses. Um, they were like, you know, Lydia, can I get you some pain meds? And, you know, anything, you know, morphine, I was allowing whatever I wanted, basically, you know, I was going through live hell. Um, and they were ready to give me literally anything. And I just kept saying, you know, like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, yeah, I'm a bit crampy, but I'm fine. Um, and I've got Cody, you know, next to me, being my rock being like, I'm gonna take the pain meds, Lydia, like, if you don't, you know, buck up and take the pain meds, take the bloody pain meds to just escape. And I'm like, part of me, I think just wanted to feel that pain or feel something from this. I didn't want as numbing as the whole experience was. It needed to be raw and real to be. And I just did it. So um, my last dose was probably close to around 2 a.m. And by that point, contractions were like, bang, 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 bang. And at um, about 3 a.m. on November 7th, we delivered our baby at 19 weeks and five days. And I had so many, you know, people you know, my grandmother, like she's since passed now, but my grandmother told my mom, like, she has to hold that baby. She has to look at that baby. She has to, you know, feel that baby. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but in that moment, I couldn't look, I couldn't do it. I couldn't know that I, you know, that we made something and that it, died (laughs) and then cody said he glanced at it um he just kept he had my face just keep keeping his face next to my face it was just like look at me look at me look at me and um you know i you know wanted to know if it was a boy or if it was a girl um everybody said that developmentally wise the baby stopped developing at about 16 weeks so the gender um, was difficult to tell which I don't really know I don't really understand that but um, we were going to find out the gender at our 3d ultrasound um, in two days um so it was you know that was that was hard uh, to hear, um, that they couldn't tell the sex. Um, so, you know, we just, we always call it, you know, angel baby. Um, and we call ourselves the Mo I'm Lydia F. Moland and Cody's Cody O'Keefe. So we just combined our names and we're the Mo and it's kind of an ongoing joke. So, um, this was, you know, baby Mo that then turned into, um, angel baby Mo Um, so, you know, after I was delivered, um, I passed my placenta, like, you know, a few minutes after and, um, you know, it was the most surreal moments of my life out of body, I guess you could say, um, I did it all, uh, without drugs, um, other than the, you know, labor inducing drugs. Um, but, um, yeah, after everything was done, I was like, give me, give me the morphine, give it to me. Um, I just wanted to escape where I was, um, because they weren't, again, you weren't allowed to go until, um, they made sure that, um, you know, every, all the bleeding and everything had subsided. So, um, yeah we uh you know decided to do some testing on um you know the baby to uh you know make sure this was you know what if there's something that was preventable or you know i you know being in the medical field it's the animal side but um you know i i do believe in you know if if knowledge knowledge you know is power so um if you can find something um you know, wrong or something that's preventable, um, you know, to do that. So, um, we did decide to send, um, the baby for testing. Um, there was through, um, our hospital here, there's a, um, funeral, um, service, um, company that will cremate, um, babies or, um, miscarriage, um, you know, if it's not a perfectly formed, um, or not perfectly formed, they're all perfect, um, formed fetuses. Um, they will, you know, um, cremate, um, that for free of, you know, no charge. Um, so that was really nice. So our nurse had told us that if we were looking to, um, you know, get the baby's ashes, we could do that and set that up through, um, a, uh, local um funeral home if we uh, if that was our wishes so we did decide to do that Um, our nurse did a um, hand and footprint of um, our baby as well and gave us this little memory box and that's what we got to leave with so um you know that morning, uh, I think it was around seven a.m. or so. It was before nurse shift change, which happens at seven thirty. Um, we were discharged, and all we walked out with was our um, little memory box, and not our baby. And it was it was hard. Um, and you know, just again walking through, back through labor and delivery, you're just. hearing screaming babies and you know moms that are learning how to you know latch like have their baby latch you know um, for feedings and it was it was really tough Um, so um, testing you know took weeks um, on baby Um, we received you know the cremation and everything done you know a few days afterwards cody took a few days off so did i Um, from work just to you know just be with each other and process this in the best way we knew how and you know we were surrounded by so many people that just love us and wished us well and like our house was we had meals and flowers and it just it was like somebody died and somebody did die and nobody knew them but you know we knew them or knew him or her um and uh yeah it was it was unreal um so you know testing came back um there was a clot um, that had formed either is what you know either formed in placenta, you know, before baby went or after. So everything else was normal. Genetic testing turned out fine. Baby was completely normal and healthy. Um, uh, which was hard to hear but reassuring, I guess. Um but um uh, yeah the uh you know it was like kind of the chicken and the egg thing with the blood clot. So um Anyway, so um, since all that, I guess where we're at now, um had some testing done. I have had every test done, you know, every blood test, 100 blood tests. Um, and I just want it all. I just, again, knowledge is power to me. Um, so anyway, I've been uh, diagnosed with diminished ovarian reserve, Um, you know, still have the endo, um, I've been, uh, seeing an acupuncturist try to, you know, um, boost my fertility of taking like fistfuls of supplements, um, after, um, listening to, um, actually, um, the all things progesterone, um, podcast here, (laughs) I um, ordered myself the uh, prove tests. um, And in between ordering the um, prove tests, um, I really just wanted to be put on something. I just felt like, you know, Cody and I, this happened in November. Um, You know, once the cycle's regulated again, you got the go ahead to try. And so I guess really, we've been trying uh, since probably like january february um and you know things have nothing's happened i'm i'm not pregnant but um you know after hearing the all things progesterone um podcast that you had on i was like yep i need progesterone i i need that so i uh literally you know booked an appointment with my gynecologist and was like um i want progesterone And, you know, it was like, okay, I don't think you need it. But I was like, nope, I want progesterone, you know, like, he's like, oh, your progesterone levels are fine. Nope. Still want progesterone. How much do I have to fight you (laughs) to get progesterone? Um, So anyway, I, uh, I did get it.
0: (laughs) Good. Good for you. I'm glad that you fought for that
1: god like (laughs) literally tooth and nail like that's what i said to him i was like is it gonna hurt me is it gonna kill me and he's like you know what if you want it fine i don't know if it does anything but you can have it and i was like thank you (laughs) and i i literally came out with like this is the drug i want it's available in canada like and he was like oh i haven't heard of that one you know i was like this is not a synthetic form (laughs) This is like i need this one and uh anyway so he gave me that finally um so that's you know I've only had a month on with that so, um, but oddly enough I was put on that before the proof test but I've been in contact with them so um, they want me to test you know instead of seven days um, past ovulation they want to do three, um, so um, they're great there by the they're way they're
0: amazing they I, are
1: absolutely amazing like that I've listened to that podcast I think three times just because I'm like, yep. I write down like 50% increase in birth rates. Like why don't you put women on this? Mm -hmm. Like give them progesterone, just do it. And anyway, so, um, yeah, infertility sucks. Um, miscarriage sucks. Um, anybody who goes through this is a superhero in my mind. Um, I always like, it, it hurts me to say, you know, like I've had, I've known people to go through this and I feel like I didn't have the right response, um, since going through it. You know, I, I now I'm like, you know, I'm here for you or, you know, not like, Oh, like, I'm really sorry. Like I was just, I, you know, I, yes, I was sorry for your loss, but now I'm like, I get it like you've been through hell and back I get it
0: yeah yeah that's a great way to put it well and your honesty in sharing your story is so inspiring and I'm sitting here listening to you and I think you know you you talk about how endo warriors are really strong and and women who go through this are really strong but you've gone through all of this you went through Vaginal birth without medication and without getting to have your baby in the end, and that's yeah. the strongest thing, you know, that you didn't want to have to do, um, yeah. But that it was kind of forced upon you, and you, you're you're here, you know, you are you're here, and somehow you're living and breathing. And I think that in that moment, you probably thought that months from then, you wouldn't be able to do those things.
1: Oh my gosh no. I I just remember just saying to Cody like there's no way I can do this right now. And he was like you have to do this. And women are like it's not men who are the strong ones in this. No. <laughs> like whoever says like yes, you know, like whoever the men are the stronger absolutely not because women like we could rule the world if we didn't need a man to keep (laughs) keep everything going I guess
0: I totally agree um keep
1: population going not
0: (laughs) oh yeah no of course (laughs) um one question I do have and and I hope you don't mind me asking after your loss did you experience your milk coming in at all
1: I had that question asked to me a lot and I didn't my that was the first thing my oldest sister um she has two kids of herself um that's the first thing she asked me and I was petrified that that was going to happen and it never did and I don't know where I wasn't given um like oxytocin I guess I don't know if if that you know, cause I, we do it even in veterinary medicine, you know, if we do a C-section um, you know, we often give oxytocin to have everything shrink back up and, you know, milk production to come. And I, right. it was, it was, I honestly thought I was going to experience that, but um, I don't know if someone was looking over me and was like, you know what, this girl does not need this right now. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, um, which was, which was the blessing, I guess. Um, you know, but yeah, I will say though, that I don't feel it's the end, um, for us. Um, I see, I see rainbows everywhere and it freaks me out a little bit, actually, how much, how many rainbows I see. So perfectly sunny day and I'm driving to work and I look and there's no rain, there's no nothing. And there's a rainbow bouncing off a cloud. It's Mm -hmm. happened to me so many times and my mom always says to me it's like that's your baby that's you know there's hope like you will get your rainbow someday
0: i um in between my second loss and my third pregnancy that gave me my rainbow my husband and i both um saw rainbows everywhere and we would take pictures of every rainbow and it's weird because I am very aware of rainbows after experiencing a miscarriage, but yeah. I don't see them anymore. I don't, I only saw them in that time of waiting yeah. and I just find that so interesting. And and like you said earlier, um, how about how you're not a religious person and you found yourself yeah. praying in those moments. It's yeah. kind of the same thing with these signs. It's like, you want to believe that these signs mean something. And something. Yeah. It's just, um, I totally, I totally feel you on that. Yeah. Um, one other question that comes to my mind is, and you bring up the future, whenever you think of future pregnancies, do you see using a Doppler or having access to an ultrasound at work being a big trigger for you?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, every, like one of the curls was, you know, um, uh, wanting to have images of her bladder she was having constant you know um bladder issues and she was like Lydia like how did you do this and I was just like I don't want to touch that you know I don't want to yeah. be near that um pregnancy after loss must be a whole other um you know whirlwind um which I I mean I I, I pray that I get to experience um you know I'm worried that I'll never get that and I think that's just natural um, after experiencing you know loss that you think like was that my one and only shot you know where I I, I'm not the perfectly you know fertile um woman I guess um there is some obstacles but you know and of course everyone around you is pregnant and (laughs) you know, it's, it's the age group I'm in. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. And, you know, I, I can only imagine every little twinge, every little, you know, um, f- feel you're going to be paranoid. Cause if I, if I thought I was paranoid the first time and had daily access to a tool that I could, you know, look at my baby, like, I'm not even going to want to touch it you know, if it ever happens again, because it just brings back, you know, just that memories of that day. Like it was, and I don't even think my, my fellow coworkers or anything would even want me to, because they were just, they were as involved with it um, as I was. And they always say like, you know, we're going to be so protective of you. And, you know, and if you do, you know, when you get pregnant again, they always say if and when but it's more the when. Um, but I just I'm trying to, you know, trust this process. And um, you know, I keep like seeing, you know, these subtle signs. And, you know, I don't think it's the end for Cody and I. Um, you know, someday we'll not only have fur babies, but hopefully have our rainbow baby.
0: Yeah. I believe that too. And you'll have to, whenever that time comes, you'll have to come back on and give us an update and let us know how you're doing and, and share, you know, pregnancy after loss. And so hold that, that you have a job to do to come back yes. here. And so you yes. need to, yes. you know, That's you have, hope. you have tasks and That's it's right. going to come true.
1: <laughs> That's right. Thank you. You guys are awesome. What you guys well, Lydia, enjoy. thank you
0: so much for sharing. I appreciate your time and sharing so openly and for sharing um, little baby angel Mo'Keefe, I love that. <laughs> I have to tell you like off the topic of fertility, I yeah. absolutely love that you guys mixed your names. Yeah. I love that you have like a, like a, not a traditional yeah. marriage type thing, yeah. because I got married very young to my husband because I thought that's just what you did.
1: Yes. And this
0: is so off the topic of what a miscarriage podcast is, No, but, that's um, fine. you know, we need, to openly say those things and normalize yes. that it's okay to not have a marriage yep. that's in like a church and exactly. in a white dress and exactly. it doesn't have to always be legal to to mean something. And so I appreciate exactly. you telling us that part because um I think that's a big part of it too. It it shares yeah. a lot about your relationship which you know shares a lot about your baby too. Yeah.
1: No, it was, it was the right thing for us. It was very personal. And we had more people come to us and say, why didn't I do that? Cody and I just got up and expressed our love for each other. And in front of our really close family and friends at our favorite wharf in the tiny little, you know, rural living that we live in, in New Brunswick, um, Canada. And it was perfect. It was, it was us our dogs were there. (laughs) If I could have had my chickens (laughs) there, it would have been just that much better.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. Lydia, thank you so much again for being here.